0: What would happen if your entire day was no longer filled with confusion about what was healthy and what was not? Our society has complicated wellness and it shouldn't be that way. She Day is a day that changes everything. At She Day, our goal is to have you leave fully equipped and inspired to make simple changes that actually work for your life.
1: You'll find a space to learn about sustainable, healthy, ethical living where your unique journey is celebrated. Wondering if you should eat breakfast or if something like intermittent fasting is better for you? Are you having unexplained chronic symptoms that your doctor just can't seem to figure out? Have you ever considered that the things that you put on your body and bring into your home are affecting your health? There is so much more to wellness than just food and exercise. Shide is designed to cut through all the noise and overwhelm. It's a full day of education and inspiration designed to give you clarity on what your unique life of wellness looks like and what your body needs now. This isn't a fair it isn't a festival. It's a one-day
0: retreat designed for you to join an absolutely incredible community of women breaking down barriers and misinformation that have been holding you back. I'm Heather Young, a certified
1: yoga therapist. And this is Jennifer Klutz, a registered dietitian, and we're two sisters on a mission to help women rediscover wellness that works. Seriously, we've designed day from start to finish to give you the knowledge, power, and resources to create, restore, and take back your health. We get to come to four cities in 2019.
0: Find out where and get more information and tickets at shechangeseverything.com. We hope to see you there.
2: Welcome to the Critical Conversations podcast. My name is Brianna Riesing, and I'm a critical care nurse with a true passion for preventative health. I've seen firsthand the impact that poor diet and lifestyle choices can have on us long-term, So with each episode, we'll dive deeper into the realities of our healthcare system, what preventative health truly entails, and what you can do about it. Hey guys, welcome back. This is Brie. This is Critical Conversations podcast, episode 20, and I cannot believe I'm saying that. Thank you to each and every one of you that have been with me since the beginning. That's 20 episodes in our first year, 2018, since we began this podcast in March. There's been a lot of changes, a lot of new things, and you guys have stuck around for all of it. So thank you. I appreciate you, and I enjoy getting all your messages and feedback on a weekly basis. It really keeps me going. That being said, this will be the last and final episode of this year, of season two. We are going to take a quick holiday break for the next two weeks. So all of us here within the podcast, all of the hosts can really tune in and spend time with family and tune out from some of our other responsibilities, but we promise to be back. Season three will start with the new year and we have so many incredible just topics and insight and information we can't wait to share with you. So Thank you for listening. We're going to dive into this episode. Heather and Jen are here with me in person, in the room. I love doing it this way, it's the best way to record. And we're doing a duo episode with these two because they both have incredible insight, can really bounce off of each other, plus their sisters. So. <laughs> Yay!
1: Hello, everyone.
0: Girl time.
2: So, we figured based off of positive feedback from a lot of you who have been in. I've been in conversation with on Instagram and through email. You've been asking for an episode all around healthy holidays and healthy holiday habits. And we are excited and ready to dive into that with you and just kind of share personal stories of how we handle it, what our best advice is for tackling the holidays in the healthiest way you know how, but also cutting yourself a break and enjoying every moment of it while you have it. It's only a few days of the year and we want you to make the best of it. So Jen and Heather are here with me and we're going to dive in. So hey girls
0: hey. 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 <laughs> I'm so excited for this episode because I think it'll take any reservation about healthy holidays being a bad thing or not a fun thing yeah. to a really empowering thing where it just helps you tweak how you approach the holidays. Yeah, and- I think there's a lot of just perceived stress that people put on themselves
2: for no reason at all other than everyone talks about being stressed out around this time of year and you you kind of add up the little things and make it feel more overwhelming than it needs
0: to be. Yeah well I saw thought- study, which was really funny, that um, reported, they think they studied 2,000 Americans, 88% of them said that the holidays stressed them out. 88%. That's uh, 88% and I was so sad because I love the holidays <laughs> but I get it though because yeah. of all the different ways, it, it whether it's a financial stress or the stress of family or the stress of you've just had a new diagnosis or you have food allergies or... You know, you have family coming over. Right. It's, it's yeah. just all can compound on itself. There's so many factors. I
2: think Jen and Heather, a few, maybe, was it last week when you did the poll?
0: Yeah, asking, yeah, last week
2: right? on so, Instagram. Yeah, so last week on their Instagram, it, she changes everything. They did a poll asking anybody to submit what makes the holidays stressful for them or what are the, the issues and concerns they have around it. And most people said family stress, food cravings healthier desserts, which I think kind of goes to, tied in with food cravings, as well as perceived weight gain. And Jen's really going to tackle that topic <laughs> with us. She's yeah, got let's, a lot of insight. Let's talk
1: about the perceived weight gain, because this is actually, I'm really passionate about people knowing this. So the diet industry really created this frenzy around believing that you gain a lot of weight around the holidays. I've seen stats of people claiming that you gain twenty pounds in the month of December. Wow. And and when you go and actually look at research studies that look at this, what research has found is that the average person gains a whopping one pound. During the month of December. That could literally be how much water you drink in a day. Yes. (laughs) It could literally be the fact that you ate more sodium at your Christmas dinner. And when they did the study, because they always followed up with people after the holidays, you were still holding on to water weight. It's really – like you can see how just – as a culture, we kind of get on these runaway trains and we never actually ask, well, is there proof of that? Or are we just making this right. up in our heads? Where or did that claim come from? Where did it come yeah. from? Right? Because the diet industry is a $66 billion industry. And it makes most of its money in December and January. Yeah. I think earlier you said it made a it's about seventy five percent significant amount significant
2: so seventy five percent of the income from all the companies pushing fad diets and weight loss programs yes. and supplements seventy five percent of their annual income is coming from the first two months of the year mm-hmm.
1: and then people start to realize that it's not working that yeah. they're just starving that they're hangry all the time. <laughs> yeah. And then they've quit by February. Yeah, because the quick fixes have big promises. They come with big
2: solutions and they're usually tied with calorie deficits, Mm -hmm. not eating enough to fuel your body and then usually tied with like some sort of supplement or magic pill, quote-unquote, to change your life. It's just essentially
1: making you pee out water. So you think you're losing weight, (laughs) but you are not losing weight. (laughs) It
2: it may work initially, and then after a few weeks of using it, you don't feel your best, you don't look your best, you can tell it's not working, and it's usually a lot of money down the drain. So. The reason we're talking about the new year already is because I think that's where the most of the holiday stress comes from. Everyone starts thinking about the end of the year and what the new year is going to bring. And they put a lot of pressure over the last – the next two weeks and what that is going to look like for them. And everything they want to do right following everything they've done wrong, (laughs) quote-unquote.
1: (laughs) Quote-unquote, right? Because I think that sets you up for basically a full-on – you know, overeating or binging, you can call it. Because yeah. if you're you're in the mindset where it's like, well, I'm going to go on a diet January 1st. I'm going to go on a diet January 1st. And the word diet means deprivation to you mm-hmm. or starvation or the fact that you're white knuckling your way through the day to try and <laughs> stick to yeah. this plan that is not sustainable and is technically not healthy, then it's going to make you overeat and not think about how you're actually feeling or if you really wanted the fifth cookie because you're living in this headspace of, well, I'm not going to have a cookie in, you know, in January or ever again. If my, if this diet works and I get what I want, then no more cookies ever. And that just spurs on, you know, you not listening to your hunger and fullness cues, just blowing right past that and just Overeating what you think you cannot have because you see this deadline looming.
2: Yeah, we put this like expectation of deprivation on ourselves. And I think personally, from my end, the holidays and the new year has never actually, it's never, weight loss has never really been in my top. I don't know, top priority, it's never been necessarily on my radar, but I have had a lot of food rules and expectations Mm -hmm. around food that I've placed on myself that have made the holidays more challenging. When I first went vegan in college and I came home for the holidays, my family's just staring back at me like, what are we supposed to feed you and what are you (laughs) going to eat? And Uh I was looking at them too with that same look of confusion because I had created these strict rules that I decided I needed to live by. And at that point, it was only for ethical reasons. It was because I was learning about the food industry and the factory farming and all of those things. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't necessarily that I was allergic to anything like I am now with gluten. That's a strict rule that I have to live by. Right. But when I look back, I really wish I could be a little bit more flexible around those situations because <laughs> it really did put that perceived stress on me and probably even my family, most likely my parents, because they're the most correlated to me. Uh-huh. Just looking back on that, I think that would be my insight and advice is if you do have some food rules around what you're eating and what you're doing right now, and that works for you in your regular routine and your daily basis, if it's not a direct correlation to an allergy or severe symptom you have, maybe if if you let go of your rules a little bit for a day or two, that'll help everyone around you relax for the holiday. Mm -hmm. I wish I could go back and maybe
1: <laughs> take away <laughs> oh, some of the stress maybe. from myself and yeah.
2: from everyone else.
1: I think that's a great way of saying that because the number one thing with change in general, so you're, you're discovering that you feel better with eating more whole foods or changing what you're eating, but your friends and family are, are not on that same journey. And so to go and walk into a space where they've worked hard and prepared food and yeah. you gave them no heads up about your, your new eating plan and then saying, oh, my goodness, you shouldn't be doing this or why did you put that in this or yeah. why did you make it this yeah. way? All you're doing is creating stress and confusion on their part because yeah. they're not on the same change journey you're on. You're just throwing information at them that they've never even thought about on a holiday where they just want to relax. Right, right. <laughs> right?
2: Yeah, and especially if it's a big gathering and everyone just yes. put their heart and soul into making one or two dishes. If, if it's not a true known allergy or issue and then you bring it up the moment you're putting a spoon into the huh? dish to put it on, yes. the plate,
1: it's probably going to be a stressful conversation. Yes. <laughs> it, you always, always have to let people come to you and ask about, you know, th- the changes that they're seeing naturally just by watching yeah. you. The conversation typically goes the best when you have them ask you what you're doing differently or hey why don't you have meat on your plate instead of the public service announcement of i don't i'm not eating meat this year and i feel amazing and you are all dying of heart attacks because you have meat on your plate which i have so many stories of clients that went home and did exactly that like where they're just psa at the dinner table and then the, obviously, once they've self-reflected, they're like, "That was terrible. I can't believe I did that." Like, yeah, yeah. And it's true. Like you can't, you can't force people to be on the same eating journey or change journey that you're on. They can just watch you and then right. have questions. But you can't force people to be on this in the same change space that you are.
0: Yeah, I think that's the funny thing about the holidays is it because it forces us into these tighter circles with our friends and our family where you're interacting more and you're around them more Mm -hmm. and it's dragging all these people into your sphere of change and your journey. And when you start to look outside of yourself and what you're doing and your happiness and your rhythm in the holidays and your choices, it gets really hard and then it creates that stressful holiday that no one wants to be having because as soon as you involve anyone other than yourself – it's, it's hard to control yeah. everyone else yeah. and mm-hmm. that you're making all those PSAs and things like that. So the biggest thing I learned quickly on my wellness journey was to focus on my reactions, my choices, my decisions and the way I was doing the holidays instead of trying to control everyone else yeah Mm -hmm. and you
2: can control what you're scooping onto your plate Mm -hmm. but you don't necessarily have to call out all the things wrong with the dish that you're not eating you can just (laughs) politely pass
0: over but it's really funny when you're on a change journey and you look at like the the cheese it covered green bean casserole (laughs) where you're like not only is it gluten which I can't eat but it's (laughs) artificial cheese it's not everything you go down the list in your brain and you're like no and
1: Then you You can get into a freak out space. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's the hard thing, though, because your freak out is coming from an extreme place of love, right? where you're understanding what ingredients are in those things. You want everyone around
2: you to be eating cleaner, but they're not at that level. They haven't been educated at that level. They haven't created that change yet, and that day is not necessarily the day to make it happen. Right.
1: It is not. (laughs) (laughs) The holidays are not that space. When
2: we were talking earlier, Jen, you had a really good kind of if this happens, then do this kind of to, to preempt you for potential conversations. Conversations you might be having with family members. Mm-hmm. If you do have strict rules like me, I don't eat gluten. This Thanksgiving, just a few weeks ago, I even had coworkers before Thanksgiving, weeks before, talking about what they were making and bringing to their family gathering, look at me and be like, can you even eat anything at Thanksgiving? <laughs> I was like, I can eat most of the things. Uh-huh. I just have to either ask my family members what they're putting in them or prepare them myself. Mm-hmm. And I know- what the ingredients are, but if you're vegan or if you're maybe still trying to tackle something like Whole30 or you have strict rules around the way that you're currently eating for your own reasons, Mm -hmm. you can expect that family members will be asking you about them. So Jen has a good exercise to approach that situation.
1: Yeah. So basically with a lot of things, you can kind of do the if this than this so basically planning ahead what you're going to say if you know certain scenarios are typically going to happen this is especially helpful with what we would call the extra pushy people in your life, <laughs> <laughs>
0: no one has any of those. No one in their has life. any of those <laughs> nosy, maybe N- yeah, nosy people.
1: <laughs> so, or the loving grandma whose love language is food. That's uh, true. You know, we all have them. Yeah. Like, it, and if you're a people pleaser like I am, it can be extremely hard to say no to things, and you feel guilty, like you're wrecking their holiday if you say no. But it's <laughs> not true. So. I would say if there's already scenarios that are stressing you out, that you want to do this exercise. So, for example, if you know that, you know, say you've been on this healthy eating journey for a while, and you know you typically get the the line of, well, you really can't eat anything, so what what are you going to do? And you get to say, I usually say, so if that happens, then plan on your answer. Actually, you know, there's lots of foods that I can eat here. I'm just not eating all of them. That this holiday is not about the food. It's about family and us being together. So don't worry about what's on my plate. You just enjoy what you're eating. <laughs> like you just kind of, you have to plan on the diffusing statements. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another big one is typically people will say, well, you're on that really funny diet. Yeah. <laughs> and, right. and that can put you on the And defensive. it's funny because it's different to them. Yes, it's different yeah. to them. You're on that funny diet. And um, what I usually say is say, I know. Acknowledge the elephant in the room, Mm -hmm. right? Like, if you, I can't eat gluten. That's just who I am. So just say, I know, but I don't care what you eat today. Please enjoy. Like, this is a holiday event. Have fun. Don't you worry about me. Yeah. And that completely diffuses it. Like, because it's like, oh, they acknowledge that they eat funny. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh,
2: cool. (laughs) And I mean, honestly, all of us individually, we know that through this wellness quote unquote journey for lack of a better word word the more you learn the more changes you make the more you stand out from your uh-huh. family and friends that used to do things the way you used to do things because if you're changing and they're not changing it is going to look different to them mm-hmm. Let them ask questions, but just stay lighthearted about it. And like you said before, it's not the time to educate uh-uh. or teach them about it. But Do just not own go into it. science. And yeah. It, if it's working for you, stick with it. And if for me, if I eat a crumb of gluten, I'm covered in a rash within 30 minutes and I have digestive issues for days, so it's not worth it. And I will explain that. I'll just say, yeah, it's really not worth it. Like the symptoms that come wor- with it, but you can go ahead and enjoy it. You can even have mine if you want, mm-hmm. like the more for you.
1: Yeah, I, and I yeah, love how in you In a positive to that. way. Yeah, and that's like, Heather and I are gluten-free too, and the same thing. That's how I always explain it. It's like, well, this is what happens to me when I eat it. Mm-hmm. Like, I get migraines and I get extremely tired, but please enjoy. Like, yeah. that's not your experience with it. That's This is mine. Right. But that also, when you share what your experience is with that food and why you're avoiding it, it does naturally create questions for people. Well, maybe that, this person you mentioned that to is struggling with migraines, and then suddenly they're more interested in talking yeah. to you later because you triggered something in them to be like, oh, she's not eating that because she gets migraines too. That's interesting. Could it be correlated Could for Could it me? be correlated? I always tell people, do not you know say, oh, you need to go eat Wheat Belly or the Whole30 yeah, book yeah. and talking about all the sciencey stuff. You want to correlate it to something that's very simple to understand. Personal. I'm choosing to do this right now because – I'm have more energy. I'm sleeping better, and as you know, I was getting this this rash on my arms, and it's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. And you get to be excited about that. Mm-hmm. And in general, when you're, you know, you're talking to people, um, in conversation like that, they're not they don't feel threatened because then they can see this is something that's changing you, and you're not necessarily saying that it's something that they need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think this is so interesting. This is, this has been a kind of challenging topic to plan for because mm-hmm. with the list of stressors that we collected from you guys the listeners that engaged with us on social media, they're all interconnected. Mm-hmm. Like your food rules and food cravings and weight gain and family expectations and stress, like all of those are intertwined because around the food comes the conversation with the family, which then triggers the stress in the situation. So Uh it's been hard for us to kind of decide how to streamline this conversation. But is there anything in particular about the food, food cravings?
1: Yeah, I would say a big thing with food cravings is one, typically during this time of year, we're getting big messages about, oh, don't eat before the party or restrict to kind of balance the extra eating, supposedly. Mm -hmm. But that's going to set you up for cravings because when your blood sugar gets on an up-and-down roller coaster of inconsistent eating, Mm -hmm. that's its way of trying to get you to eat consistently, to have you crave sugar, carbohydrates, because your brain needs glucose. And so if you're not eating consistently, your body is going to try and get you to eat. And cravings is how it does that. So I would say a big tip is don't listen to someone that says, save up your calories yeah. and, so you and don't eat before and, the big yeah, holiday. Yeah. You can enjoy more of the <laughs> treats. <laughs> Technically speaking, that's the way to gain weight. If you really yeah. want to go down the long chain of events that happens in the body, because first your blood sugar is going to drop and then cortisol has to take over because it has to keep you walking and breathing and alive. So then your cortisol is up in the air and it's increasing inflammation, but then Because your cortisol is elevated, when you finally do eat, you're going to get the signal that says, oh, put that that weight around the belly because the cortisol has been heightened way too much. Besides the fact that it also slows down your metabolism. Right. So you're actually following advice that's going to do the exact opposite of what you want it to do. And instead, you can go to the party feeling shored up and not hangry and not feeling (laughs) like you have to eat all the sweets in sight because you ate a a good breakfast, you ate a good lunch, and by the time you get to the party, yeah, you're hungry and ready, but you're not starving. Starving is an invitation for basically binging. Because your brain has – basically your body thinks it's starving at that point. So it's going to push you back past your normal hunger fullness cues because it has to make up for everything for that you didn't For the calorie deprivation from, yeah, from earlier that Yeah, it freaks day. out on yeah. you, rightfully so. Yeah. And so if you really want to feel more in control and stable when going to parties or holiday events, eat consistently. Don't throw your body into a tailspin on one day, and it's just a shock and awe by the time you show up. Yeah,
2: no, it's so true. I think a lot of people, they want to be able to indulge, and they want to be able to fill their plates with all the amazing foods that everyone brings, but you still can do that. Mm -hmm. You just – you'll enjoy them more. You don't have to eat as much, and you'll be more even-keeled. Your mood will Mm -hmm. be better. Your cravings will be better. I know personally for me when I had started to develop my rules around food – eating before I would go to my grandparents or my cousin's house, like that always allowed me to then not be as hungry when I got there. And I would show up with a dish or two that I made that I was proud of that I could contribute to the table mm-hmm. and feel good about eating as well. So I think that's a key thing, too, that not necessarily save up the calories because, you know, all the stuff everyone else is bringing is going to be loaded with calories mm-hmm. and that you want to keep space for that, but then also bringing dishes that are full of nourishment and things that you want to eat and mm-hmm. ingredients you want to include in your body. So whether or not you're hosting the event and people are bringing food to your house, make sure there's dishes there that you can enjoy. Or if you're going to somebody else's house, bring foods with you that you know you can indulge in and then also be proud of and tell people
1: what you put in it and why. hmm Yeah. yeah. I love that, and be, plus with cravings, obviously you're eating more sugar and carbohydrates naturally right. during this time of year, so when they're you, more available, they're more available, yeah. right? And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just the awareness of okay, the next day when I wake up, I'm if I don't eat a, a solid breakfast that has some fats and some protein with it, I'm gonna continue on the roller coaster of wanting more sugar and sweets if I don't stabilize my blood sugar from the night before of eating all the sugary things. The pies and cookies. Yes, and and the pies and cookies and cakes. (laughs) And so the biggest way to basically um, calm down cravings is to make sure that you eat something right away the next day that's going to stabilize your blood sugar, which is something that includes protein or fats. So if you have a smoothie in the morning, make sure you're adding some nut butter. Make sure you can add a protein powder or something that's really going to ground you. And if you're noticing that the cravings aren't going away, I encourage you to look at your eating schedule. Are you eating consistently? Because the more length of time that you go without eating, the more likely it is that you're going to get intense yeah. cravings. And so that's that's really key. But then also, um, you don't have to stay on the sugar train, right? right? Even though your brain might be like, give me all the sugar, you know, you can choose to be in, in you know, eating fruits to help calm the sugar craving down mm-hmm. but also nourishing foods like you were talking about go back to what you normally eat yeah don't get stuck on oh but i ate, you know all the cookies yesterday so i might as well eat all the cookies again right. today and it's right. like no go back to your normal eating and you're probably going to have more cookies again at some other party or something like yeah. that yeah yeah so
2: and just like you said at the beginning of this episode the average weight gain this time of year is one, one pound. pound if weight gain is something <laughs> you're concerned about like one pound is absolutely nothing that's it, That's minuscule. Our body shifts two to three pounds on a daily basis, Uh depending on when you're weighing yourself and what you've eaten and what you've drank. So I think if weight gain is your main holiday stressor, Mm -hmm. let go of that. Yes. Even if you indulge in everything for a day, that's not going to derail you. Mm -mm. It might derail you if you have significant symptoms associated with gluten, dairy, Mm -hmm. or other things like that, but you need to honor that and be true to the, the... health issues and triggers and symptoms you know you have and kind of let go of the rest of it I think is what you're getting at
1: yeah I'm I'm (laughs) I'm big on a healthy relationship with food and a healthy relationship with food involves one you have the right to eat calories every single day yes
0: (laughs) by being a
2: human
1: just by being a human every day you eat
2: a little bit more than the other day our bodies are designed
1: to balance that out like micromanaging it I mean the the diet industry proves that micromanaging it is not the answer. Right. And I don't think I've mentioned this on this podcast before, but I talk about it at She Day. Ninety seven percent of all diets fail.
2: Ninety seven percent. Ninety seven
1: percent. Insane. Yeah. And not only do they fail, but most people um, when they go back so for example how they look at this in research is so you see the research study that says you know low carb high fat is the way to eat participants lost on average 15 pounds in this study when they go back and analyze that same group of participants a year later or sometimes they will analyze them two years later or three just depends on what they decide to do they will have gained back 97 percent of any participant will have gained back 100 percent of the weight that they lost and typically will have gained at least 5 to 10 pounds more of their body weight than when they originally started.
2: Wow. Yeah. I mean, I think that goes back to the core of one of the reasons why Laura and I started this podcast, because we want to instill positive lifestyle changes, Mm -hmm. daily habits, rituals, routines, understanding around the food that you're eating, so that you can own it every day. And when you show up at a holiday party and there's foods that you might not necessarily enjoy the way they'll make you feel later, you can own that and you understand the why behind it. Mm -hmm. And that's the core of the message we are trying to promote here is it's truly about instilling a new routine, a new way of doing things so that it's a lifestyle Mm -hmm. and it's easy eventually after you've learned the things and shifted the things you needed to shift and created the new routine. Because those diets that fail, 97% of them fail, because they're giving you a quick fix. They're giving mm-hmm. you a supplement or a meal plan or a routine that's not sustainable. Right. Heather not real life. was talking about hearing about people starting new workout regiments for the beginning of the year and like beginning to w- wake up at an ungodly hour and still work a full-time job and go about their routine. If that new schedule isn't going to work for you long-term it's not going to work for you Mm -hmm. long-term. You need to adjust and find things that are sustainable for you and adapt to your your regular schedule. And the holidays are time to kind of sit back and relax a little bit when you can Mm -hmm. um, and realize that those fad diets that are going to be marketed to you in a few weeks are not necessarily the answer either. Uh And just indulging for a day or two is not going to derail your health for the rest of
1: your life either. Just
2: enjoy it and be with your family.
1: If rules are how, you know, if rules are what your food is built on, that will derail your health because food is not rules. Food is nourishment. And I, and if food is rules to you right now, I encourage you to work with someone that can help you figure out What food actually should be, which is not rules, nourishment, and that you're allowed to eat every day. You do not have to micromanage your food. It shouldn't be a
2: number. You shouldn't be looking at the plate as a calorie number and trying to balance all of that. Yeah,
1: and I think another big thing is our word usage around food. And as you change your relationship with food, I encourage you to change your word usage around food. So like example, you you are not cheating on Christmas Day. You're, you're not. You are making a choice. Yeah. So if if you really want a cookie or you want a piece of pie, there should be no guilt or shame yeah. associated with that. Just- I ate pumpkin pie for breakfast for three days after Thanksgiving. Yes. <laughs> and it felt good, right? <laughs> it was delicious. This is my thing with intuitive eating. You have yeah. the right to
2: eat pie at breakfast well, if you also, want to. It was intuitive because it sounded good, but also we bought two pies and they didn't all get eaten. And <laughs> you, <wanted laughs> you had to eat. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But that's just nourishment all the way around, though. I added though. some raspberries and coconut yes, cream to exactly. it. So it sounded like a
2: full balanced meal.
1: <laughs> but technically, I would tell you it was a full balanced I meal.
2: didn't. There was nothing about it that felt guilty other than the fact that it's pie for breakfast and there's quote unquote rules but around eating pie society is giving for breakfast. you those rules just yeah.
0: like for everyone. I would, you know, when Jennifer read that stat about the fact that People maybe gain a pound, pound. maybe. That blew my mind because that is zero of what I have heard my entire life about what happens at the holidays because you're directly being marketed to about food and about the holidays and that's what makes them stressful. The stress is created... By companies and corporations and marketing and the diet yes. industry and all the things. Even the, the financial stress at the holidays, that's marketing. Yeah. You need the best thing. You need yeah. this thing. You need to or that you this have thing. to give multiple
2: gifts to everybody yeah. or that yes. you even have to give a gift to anyone. And I think that's a great segue into the
0: next stressor. But no matter what you're talking about at the holidays, it's taking a step back and being like, is this truth or is this marketing? Mm-hmm. And then starting to really own that you can kind of break those lies yeah. Mm-hmm. because yeah, it's just
2: crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, traditions are different for everybody, but in our family, when I was, I think towards the end of high school, I started talking to my parents about like, could we maybe instead of doing gifts start creating memories by going on a trip and taking the money that you would spend on gifts for everybody and creating a family adventure with it. Mm -hmm. And now that's become a tradition I look forward to every year. It's not about the materialistic things like Ben, my husband, who knows me better than anyone, doesn't know what to get me for Christmas. And I don't even know what I would want for Christmas because I'm not focused on stuff like that anymore. And I encourage you if gifts and the financial stress around it are becoming part of the holiday stressor for you. For me, that's my biggest healthy holiday tip other than the food stuff that Jen and I just talked about is finding new family traditions. Do what works for you. Do what feels right. If getting a small group of you and just going for a hike and making that your annual tradition, it doesn't have to be an expensive outing for us. We like to go up to the snow because it's a different environment exposure, but that's just worked for us. But it was hard because it puts perceived stress on the other family members that we're now changing the tradition around they have expectations that we would show up and mm-hmm. do the same thing we used to do but for us and for our family that's what works
1: you just create Ours is if, similar in the fact that we're from a large family of six kids so our parents never really could afford to give us lots of gifts so we always grew up with it's family time it's celebrating the meaning of the season, not about that. gifts i love that and so we grew up not really getting gifts hardly ever at the holidays. So, But now as we've gotten older, we find it fun to draw a name and each one of us is giving a gift to someone in the family, but it's one gift and the rule is it has to be under $25 okay. and it has to be useful. I was going to say, does it so, have to be meaningful
2: or can it just be funny? <laughs> it,
1: sometimes it can be funny, but we also have the rule of if, it, if it's not going to fill that person's life up or – you know, be something that they're going to love or benefit from. Yeah. You can say, I couldn't find anything yeah. for you. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Because That's we don't totally want to spend, yeah. you know, money just to spend money. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So for it's me, funny. that was
2: always a stressor because I don't like giving gifts. I genuinely don't like giving gifts unless I feel like they're meaningful or purposeful. Uh-huh. Like, I love to be passionate about the thing I'm giving the person and to gift one or two gifts to every family member. I'm an only child, but I come from a fairly large family. Like, that puts a lot of stress on me and I don't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For me, I'd rather just spend quality time uh-huh. with the people.
1: But our dad is so funny because he's like, so you made sure you didn't find anything for me, right? Whoever <laughs> had my name. Yeah, like, he'll joke that. Like he jokes all the time. Like yeah. he basically expects you not to find him something. Yeah. But it's really funny.
0: <laughs> I like that tradition as well. Mm-hmm. That's a good mm-hmm. switch. What were you trying to say? I was going to say that's just another stressor that's marketing this idea yeah. more. And from the sustainable side, we're reaching a tipping point in our planet where we can't have that consumption mentality of give everyone a gift or two gifts or three gifts, it's just slowly changing to where if it doesn't have value and if it doesn't have meaning, it's it's a serious detriment to your bank account and to the planet right. to just consume cheap disposable yeah. items that then never get used and never get loved after they're yeah. given. Yeah,
2: everyone says thank you, and, and
0: then and the gesture you don't know Where they go, yeah, <laughs> and then it that, just but, like yeah, mm-hmm. tossed in the back of the closet or something right. like that. Mm-hmm. That routine of it all just really
2: started to bother me as I got a little older, and I I'm really glad we've moved away from that. Mm-hmm. And I just I always encourage other people to maybe try and break free from what the routine tradition has been and find something else that works for you. If that's the thing that's putting all of the stress on you, switch it up. Have the conversation with your family and see see what mm-hmm. you can do. for You
0: there. have to run those if yeah. <laughs> yes. then scenarios, Jennifer. Yeah, because conversations with family are there when you're creating it's, change in yeah, a it's perceived hard. tradition. It's hard. But don't you,
1: bring it up on Christmas Day. Yes. I think <laughs> you that's have to the prime them in deal. October. <laughs> yeah, you, you talk about this in July, August, September, October. Yes. You send a group email that says, hey, I had this idea. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> like, and Try watch and how the new. reception changes. Like, we did a couple of things with our family with that where we've learned you, you bring it up well before the day. because. Yeah. You know, we all have our routines, right? Especially the people who are responsible for holding the event. Yeah. When you try and change it last minute, I understand the stress. Yeah, of, that. of course. Of like, yeah. I had everything planned. Right. So, bring yeah. it up before. Oh the yeah, day. it was a
2: conversation for years before it actually yeah, took see, exactly. place. In my but that's family. fine yeah. too. That's yeah. the thing
1: about change is that
0: we always anticipate that it must be immediate and definitive and final when even you know personally in your journey, Brie, and we've seen it with our family, that it can take years sometimes, but it's still worth the journey and it's still worth the continuing conversation. And then it can and will happen. Mm -hmm.
1: And it's amazing. For example, this year, our parents were here for Thanksgiving, and Heather and I are gluten-free like Brie for a variety of reasons. And for the first year ever, they did not make a separate pie they did not make separate foods. They just ate everything that we ate. That's so good. And they enjoyed it. They yeah. loved it. And they weren't afraid of it because over the years we've been, you know, making meals for them or having them try things. Mm-hmm. Where then their horizons get expanded and they realize, wow, this kind of basically tastes the same. Yeah. And then they're, they're more relaxed too where they're like, it's more work for us to make two of everything right. let's just make right. one of everything
2: cuz just because it's gluten free doesn't mean it can't be just be as delicious good. Yeah. and
1: that's what yeah. they said with this meal they're just like you know what we think people need to come over to your house and try gluten free and realize yeah. that it basically <laughs> tastes the same <laughs> And I was like, we've made it. That came out of my dad and mom's mouth. This is awesome. That's awesome. There's so (laughs)
2: much fear around any title, whether it be gluten-free or vegan Uh or paleo or Whole30, whatever it is. There's fear around the title, especially if it's an unknown for the person hearing it. Mm -hmm. So gluten-free to a lot of people, like my coworker that looked at me and was like, can you even eat anything at Thanksgiving? He didn't even fully understand what gluten was. Yes. And I, you know, just through gentle conversation was like, oh, yeah, like I can eat everything. Pretty much the only thing I have to be careful with is like stuffing Uh and all the other stuff doesn't really have gluten. But he's like, isn't it in mashed potatoes? And I'm like, I don't think so. It shouldn't be. (laughs) (laughs) It's an interesting interesting mashed potato. uh, That's always just an interesting conversation if you can have a lighthearted conversation about it. Because it can be terrifying to the person hearing that it's a gluten-free dish. Mm They but have no idea what that means. But the best
0: advice that our brother-in-law ever gave us. I'm totally going to give Aaron a shout out. Because in the very beginning, Jennifer and I would, we'd make Cookies and take them to Christmas, or we'd make all these gluten-free dishes, and it was always very clear that they were gluten-free. And mm-hmm. one day, Aaron looked at us and he held up a cookie, and we, we'd finally nailed the recipe. He's Our spreads cookies. He's like, "This is a delicious cookie. You need to not call it a gluten-free cookie. <laughs> right? It's just call a, it a cookie. cookie. Uh-huh. It's just made with your unique recipe. And there's really power in that. And we've seen that, like, when we've had friends over, or even yeah, stop telling people what we it never is. say, "Here's a gluten-free cookie. It's just here's a cookie, because we've established that we believe." It's a quality, delicious, yummy cookie. And so... it's on them. Think about the cookies you bring home from the supermarket. Sometimes you like them, sometimes right. you don't. The same goes for offering someone a gluten-free cookie. They may like it, they may not, but you're not labeling it and you like triggering that oh, it's gotta be terrible. Yeah, pre-emptively it's just like this is this delicious dish, this delicious cookie and don't label it and then you'll be surprised at who gets seconds and then inside you can laugh and be delighted and you're like, hey Uncle Al, I hope you're liking those dairy-free mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're yeah. fabulous. I mean, I think the title is
2: necessary if you have an issue with the food it's very like a health issue right so like i need to know that it's a gluten-free cookie but my father-in-law doesn't need to know it's a gluten-free cookie because it just creates a different thought process for him yeah it it creates a thought that it might not taste as good or it's not going to be as sweet and it really has nothing to do with the sugar content at all like it's just the type of flour that you use Mm -hmm. there's nothing different i think that's a great story i love that mm-hmm. it's so true and maybe that's a great takeaway for everyone if you make a dish and it's gluten-free or it's dairy-free and you need to know that for your health issues you know that but you don't necessarily need to announce it to the family unless that's eating someone it, unless someone
0: asks for ask. their own allergy purposes yeah. or you need to tell someone yeah. oh don't worry it's gluten-free then yeah. you don't have to worry about yeah. it just I let them that. enjoy
1: it no needed. public service announcement <laughs> needed <laughs> but i will say if you have a like i think we're lucky in the fact that at least Heather and I, we have an extremely supportive family. So even when we started this health journey, even though they would not eat something or they knew we were making something separate, they were very supportive in the process. But yeah. if you have family members that aren't supportive, I would just remind you if, they, if you have someone that just likes to try and stir the pot, as I would call it, just keep reminding yourself to give the same answer of like, you know, this is what's working for me. Yeah don't worry about this for you and stay your course yeah and reach out to people who are supporting you on your journey after you get through the day and remind you why you're doing it and that you're fine <laughs> like and we all know there's certain people that are going to find yes, that, one thing, that one thing no matter what
2: it is whether it's the way you're eating the way you're dressing the way you did your yes. hair there will be those people that love to dig in mm-hmm. Because it gives them something to... I don't don't understand it because I'm not that type of person. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there are those types of people. And don't take it personally, I guess, is the biggest takeaway. Mm -hmm. They will ask those questions whoever is sitting in front of them. It's Uh not necessarily have anything to do about you. Mm -hmm. And answer as politely as you can. And if you can't get the conversation to move forward, just kindly excuse yourself.
1: Mm -hmm. And I would say... Say they know that you're changing your eating and they make a comment about your outward appearance and try and bring that down as mm-hmm. in like, I can't really tell, which I sadly have so many stories of, you know, nitpicking like that where then suddenly all of these amazing changes that you're making, one comment just makes you throw up your hands and quit it all.
2: Oh, and, yeah, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I have so many clients where I get emails and be like, I think I'm going to quit. I'm, I'm, I'm over it. No one noticed that, you know, I'm doing this or they were really, you know, dragging me down and saying, why why are you avoiding the cookie when you can't even tell you've been <laughs> doing that's these so things? It's so me. so sad. Oh, there's s- People have really unsupportive friends and family, and I'm fully aware of that, and I know that I'm blessed with that, but that's why I want anyone listening to know that, if you know that your holiday party might involve some of these things, surround yourself with people afterwards yeah. that are going to break through those lies because that's what they are. They're yeah. lies. That They have stuff going on in their own life that's, that they're taking out on you. They should not be. Yeah. <laughs> but that is not the truth at that's all. That's really interesting. And I want you to keep moving forward and taking care of yourself and trust that you are on the right path and That you're doing your best.
2: Yeah, and know that a lot of the health changes and things you're doing in your life and lifestyle shifts and ad- adaptations you're making are not necessarily ever or even always going to be outward yes. appearing.
1: Has nothing can be have nothing to do with your outward appearance. It's like,
2: really sad that it's the, sad. just one comment That's from the somebody. Gauge, right? But it is true as our society. If you're eating differently. From anybody, most people think it's for weight for reasons. Weight
1: or yeah. or f- a, a visual appearance. Yeah. And that's not what health is.
2: Right. Health it is not really about It really has nothing appearance. to do with outside. No. It's everything to do with the inside. And you know what your – or hopefully you know what your blood work looks yes. like and what your blood pressure and resting heart rate and your exercise tolerance is. Like you, those are the measurements of how you feel inside, not mm-hmm. necessarily how somebody else perceives you. And I can tell you from my experience in the ER and just – interacting with all different types of people all day long, most people's perception of you has so much to do with themselves. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really have a lot to do with you. So if they're feeling like they're not losing weight, they don't feel good, they're not feeling any better, maybe they just tried a diet for a month and it didn't work. Mm -hmm. They're going to have little digs and comments and things that are going to derail or explain that from their side Mm -hmm. and trying to make it look like they're applying it to you and your life when really it's all about them.
1: Yes. So please, please remember that and have your answer ready. Be like, well, I'm sleeping amazing. Actually, I feel great. You know, don't have brain fog. There's a million things things, like like your top three
2: things that you feel the best about and things that have worked for you. Because it also
1: reminds you. With that zinger, oh, this is why I'm doing it. Yeah, you have no
2: idea, like, this is what's changed. Like, yeah.
1: Besides the fact that, again, it cannot be the indicator, and people are never going to see meaningful changes, like, that really matter. So just... Don't listen to any negative holiday talk. That's so powerful. (laughs) Even if you have to DM us, please. Like, like, we'll
0: be your cheerleaders. You've got this show, quit. It's worth it. For sure.
2: We're absolutely here for you guys. Yeah. Because the people you surround yourself on a daily basis aren't always your family. Some people Mm -hmm. are very tight-knit and close with their family. And, like, Ben and I, we live in California. All of our family, every single one of them – is out of the state. They live in Arizona. Well, some of his extended family is in Northern California, but nobody's close by with us. So our day in, day out circle is our close friends that we've surrounded ourselves with. So whenever you surround yourself with people you haven't been around for a while, there's going to be some tension and mm-hmm. some conversations that are a little uncomfortable, but know that you're not the only one going through that. are <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> all, yes. all dealing with it. Um, we're getting kind of t- close to the end of this episode. So Heather, I wanted to see if you have any last thoughts, takeaways.
0: Um, yeah, so I think we've talked about a lot of really – interesting things and like you said everything's intertwined with the holidays where my one of my big passions is whether it's your finances or your food or your family or the travel the holidays almost inevitably involve stress which is where that 88 percent of people are stressed comes from and it can feel really hard to manage the stress but I want to remind everybody who's listening in the power of a deep breath your body and your brain they're waiting for that deep breath because When stress starts to take over, your body literally has a gas pedal, the sympathetic nervous system, and it has a brake pedal, the parasympathetic nervous system. And when your lungs inflate and you're taking a deep breath, it literally chemically triggers this relaxation or almost like envisioning taking your foot off the gas pedal of your stress response. And then when the exhale takes a long time and your lungs deflate, It gives the parasympathetic nervous system time to activate and turn on and have an even stronger response. So no matter what's happening, you always have the ability to take a deep breath and not just like a little breath because we breathe unconsciously all day long. When you count a breath and you inhale deep to a count of four and feel your lungs fill up and your body expand and then you count that exhale to eight It's a signal. It's a trigger to your brain that you've got this, that you're in control. It changes your mood, and um, stress kills. Like it's a it's a big part of a lot of disease states. And if you're stressed out, it can be worse than the cookie you're stressing about (laughs) eating. So, you know, take that deep breath and own the fact that you have that piece of power. No matter what's happening as the holidays go on, and it'll I think it'll help immensely yeah. for how you feel coming out on the other side of the holidays that's
2: so powerful
0: so and i have actually one more tip yeah. that i really want Please to share, share. <laughs> Please. i've noticed this so if you're sitting in your car where you're sitting brie where you're sitting jennifer everybody where you're sitting right now i just want you to take your brain and think about your stomach and see if you can relax it and let it puff out and drop and i'm sure about 99 of you could feel it drop and then relax because as part of posture and then also our culture with like breathing in our stomachs, we're consistently pulling them up and in, which is constricting our digestion. So when you have stress and you have the holidays and you're eating, one of the biggest tools you can give yourself is to relax your stomach at every bite because it's going to take your brain and your body and your blood flow and it's going to help your digestion immeasurably through the holidays. So take the deep breaths and then also it's just like a really fun trigger to be like, can I relax my stomach right now? Yes, and then when you do, you're, you're mindful, you're in the present moment, you're ready to enjoy what you're eating so that you're not mindlessly munching on stuff in the holidays. And I think it can just go a long way to how you feel. With all of your holiday events, I love that. So there's my yeah. Teaches. Those
2: are things you can do quietly and silently. They're yours to own, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no matter what situation uh-huh. you're in. Yeah.
0: yeah. Because I, so I was talking to a friend who said inevitably her family stresses her out, and she always has to run into the kitchen um, to take a deep breath. But then I was like, Do you really take a deep breath though? And then she got really quiet, and she's like, Well, I go away into the space, and she kind of like drifts off thinking, and she's like, I don't know how big of a breath I take and I'm like when you it's had that moment saying, where they set you deep deep off yeah, yeah if you own how big of a breath you actually take that really transforms that moment and again calms your body down yeah so. I mean it is a saying like mm-hmm. take it and it's a saying a moment, for a reason like we yeah. instinctively know it yeah. but then you have to really get that deep breath yeah yeah so.
2: <laughs> no that's awesome mm-hmm. that's something so uh, actionable no matter what situation you're in, even if you're at the dinner table and something's happening, before you respond or react, You've maybe take that deep breath, yeah, and see if it's worth it mm-hmm. <laughs> to respond or react. <laughs> Usually take not, because <laughs> yeah. remember, it is only a day or two. If it's a family member that triggers you. Maybe putting your energy into it at all isn't worth it. And maybe the memories you have of the stress that certain people bring or trigger within you is because you fed into that previously and maybe taking that deep breath and taking that step back and letting them say what they want to say and maybe just moving forward you won't be as affected as you have been in the mm-hmm. past. I know it's worked for me for mm-hmm. certain certain situations. Did you have any final takeaways?
1: I feel like I, have, yeah. I could, talk for, could talk for hours on forever. this. <laughs> I think there's, there's two things that I want to leave people with. One, you have full permission to enjoy traditional holly fo- holiday foods that just give you immense joy without fear, without any guilt, but just ask yourself what those foods are. You don't have to eat everything presented before you ask yourself what foods you really want to enjoy this holiday season with full permission. And then two, you have the right to say no. You have the right to honor your fullness. If you're full, you're not hungry, or something just doesn't look appealing to you yeah. at that time, it's not your job to make someone happy and take that food because they made it. And I always just to tell people, say, no, thank you, maybe later. Right? So you're leaving it open, right? Like you can go back and get it if you want. Or you could take it home with you. But you have the right to say no. Yeah. Like just because someone is asking you to take something doesn't mean that you have to. Yeah. Like this was a big thing for me. My grandma's love language is food, and I would have a hard time saying no to the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, <laughs> and then. But guess what? The first time I did it, I realized she said okay and walked away. Right. She's just being polite, <laughs> offering <laughs> right. it to you too. Right. Yeah. So just trust that you have the right to say no, and you have full permission to enjoy the holidays. Yeah. So that's what I want to leave everyone cool. with. So I think my last little tidbit is that community
2: interaction really does play a big role in our health. And there's been studies to show that solitude and kind of retreating away into your own cave can actually cause more harm than good. So... Take the holidays for what they're worth. Take the community interaction, the family, the friends. If there's certain family members that you absolutely can't stand being around, then don't be around them, but do appreciate the moments with the people you do have in your life. And if thinking about whether or not you would enjoy being around them, whether or not they were with you anymore, might allow you to appreciate some moments with them, just knowing that people aren't here forever and we need to appreciate the moments we have with the people that are in our lives. And sometimes you only see these people once or twice a year, and I encourage you to make the most of it, community interaction, and just... Getting to know the people in your family has a lot to do with your well-being and learning who you are as a person. Um, So last little takeaways, enjoy the day, enjoy the moments simplify as much as you can don't feel like you have to take everything on the layout of food you can take what you want simplify your meals based on what works for you and simplify the conversations and your interactions like Heather was talking about take that deep breath and slow down during the meal and just take time to enjoy what you have. So that is our healthy holidays. And if you listened to the very beginning of this episode, you heard Heather and Jen talking all about She Day and beginning next year, the She Day tour to four different cities. I cannot wait to see what they have in store for us go ahead and head over to shechangeseverything.com. They have a lot of other resources for healthy holidays and other things you won't want to miss as well as more information about the She Day events. Thank you guys. That is the end of Critical Conversations Season 2 and we will be back with so much information, so much insight, and we will see you next year.